Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Grass court season officially upon us here on TC Live. Fantastic shots, the London Eye. A beautiful scene as the sun begins to settle in that wonderful city. The London calling continues. Grass court action, four different cities. We will recap just about everything for you. And here's what's coming up on the show. Six American men should be seated at Wimbledon, but who do our experts feel could do the most damage at the All England Club in a couple of weeks? Plus, Simona Halep showed her championship form at Wimbledon in 2019. How about her first match back on the grass in about three years? How did she fare back on the surface? And move over, big three. Does the shakeup atop this week's ATP ranking single the beginning of the end of this wonderful era? We will explain those stories and more beginning right now on TC Live. Hello and welcome to our Santa Monica studios. Noah Eagle, the great Mark Knowles. We've got... The Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick, as well. So glad to have you with us after a fantastic day. Two guys that were very familiar, very successful on the surface of grass. A 2009 mixed doubles Wimbledon champion, three-time runner-up at the All-England Club, including that epic in 2009. I'd say 2009 was a good year for both of them, plus a good year for many other people. I think Step Brothers may have come out the year before, so Andy knows it was a good year for everybody everywhere. But I think we should just jump right in because we got a lot of action to get through, and we probably should start in London. Would you agree, Mark? Turns out my game was more suited for mixed doubles on the grass, whereas Andy's was in singles. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Andy, it's always a pleasure, man. Hey, I'm just happy to be included in the Catalina wine mix of talk. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it, man. I can refrain from some of the language as we get right into Taylor Fritz, who was headlining a fantastic day of tennis on the grass. But, Mark, Jack Draper at home, the great number 99 in the world, looked really strong. Yeah, Draper's been gaining in form over the last 12 months, and he played really well. Lots of winners. He moved extremely well from the back of the court. Had 24 winners in this match, and including that one right there. That was a highlight on the dead run with the forehand. He played very well from start to finish. 6-3, 6-2 was eventually the, the final in this match. It was the biggest win of Draper's career to date. And on the season, now 27-6 and six across all surfaces. It's been really successful. Yeah, he's really starting to play better, getting that belief, as Andy knows. That's so important for a young player, right, once they get out there to actually start to get the match wins to actually believe in the work that they're putting in. So Fritz with a disappointing result in the first round in London. And Draper really showing off for the hometown crowd. You could feel the energy that he came with. He will move on at home. Let's move on ourselves to another American, Riley Opelka. Nolsey taking on a very formidable foe. And Alex Dimonor and Opelka handled him with ease. This is a tough matchup, really. You know, Dimonor moves so well on the grass. Opelka obviously has the big serve. But look at the passing shot there. Demonor has beaten him every time that they've played in the past. And Demonor returns well and is very comfortable on the surface. Another beautiful dipping pass there. Just made it very difficult for Opelka. He couldn't dominate with his serve like he normally does. Opelka, who really struggled on grass coming into this, was 2-5 and five at tour-level events on grass. Takes that first set, and good things would continue for the American going into the second. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Demonor is going to get a lot of returns back in play. You can see a wild forehand there from Opelka. 
And this is a tough matchup. You know, you think big server, big guy is going to play well on grass. But as we know, we've seen even with John Isner throughout his career, it took some time being that tall. The ball stays a lot lower, and Demonor is going to make you play a lot of balls. So one-way traffic there for the Australian. Ended up being an hour and 13 minutes in the world number 18 showing off just a tad. This is another look at the USA men inside the ATP top 50. Fritz still leading the way at 14. Opelka inside the top 20. Isner just outside the top 25. But Andy, when you really look at all the options, American men's tennis has certainly had this resurgence, and these guys are, are officially knocking on the door now. It felt like it was a couple years where really only one or two was in contention. All these guys are going to make some noise, but when you look to the All-England Club, you look at Wimbledon, which one of these names stands out to you as who could really legitimately make noise and, and make an impact at that event? Well, I think Sebastian Corda's uh, game fits grass the easiest, right? The, like like Nolsey mentioned uh, a couple times during the highlight, grass more than any other surface sometimes takes two or three years to kind of learn the nuances, to kind of learn how to move in and out of, out of the court, to run through shots when you're on the full run. That's not natural. We're trying to stop as fast as possible and get back into the court on every other surface. Not always the case on grass. Can someone chip, mix it up, switch directions? Uh, you know, you saw Opelka and Fritz go down today. They weren't chipping it around. They were trying to go through the court. The movement wasn't quite, quite there. So I think Sebastian Court is all, uh, always a threat on grass. But also, we're completely ignoring one of the old dogs who's probably the has the best grass court resume of anyone active from the U.S. That's Sam Query. Went through qualifying at Queens Club. He is always dangerous on the surface. I know he hasn't played well for the past year, maybe on kind of the tail end of his career, but is very, very, very comfortable on the grass. So I'm curious to see the upside of the guys we just mentioned, but let's also give credit where credit's due. Query, we know, can play on the surface. Good points. He brings up good points, and I like the little addition from Andrew Roddick. Well, Andy knew the surface as well as anybody, right? And it's interesting to hear Andy say those things because he used the slice so well. Obviously, everyone thought about the big serve, but having watched Andy throughout his career, he understood the nuances of grass court tennis so well. And there's little things that you have to do differently. So I like Andy. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon with Andy. I'm going with Sebastian Corda as well. But I do like that he highlighted Sam Query. Sam Query's been playing qualifying. He's done well on the grass. And he's actually got a nice draw this week. He's mm. in that section with Casper Ruud is the top seed. Rude obviously doesn't have that much grass court experience. So a couple of match wins under Sam's belt. He could be, you know, interesting run there at Wimbledon as well. Yeah, Andy, I know you didn't see it, but the second you started saying Sebastian Court, I think you got one syllable in. I saw Knowles go, yep, absolutely. He, he nailed it once again. And so we'll see how these American men fair in just a couple of weeks. We move on to Hala now. Nikolas Basilashvili taking on Andre Rublev. This was a fantastic first round matchup and Andy it really didn't disappoint a whole lot either. Yeah, and Basilashvili is one of those guys where if he actually finds his rhythm on the grass he has that and you see the, the typical early in the grass court season guys falling those little check steps. But Basilashvili can take the racket out of your hands right? If he has a little bit of time like on this one it's curtains on a, on a surface like grass where you're getting a little bit of help if he can serve really well and figure out how to return first serves consistently, he could be a real threat on the service. Rublev can pound the ball, but in a lot of these rallies, you saw that Basilishvili was the guy making a mannequin out of his opponent, right? So he can just absolutely take it. That's not a bad ball by Rublev, and that's a winner where you're not even moving, right? You're not even anticipating because he can take it both ways. Really curious to if he can get some consistency on the service to be a real threat. Nobody wants to see him earlier. 
24 winners in this match for Basilashvili, and he gets through in straight set 6-4 in that second. Pablo Carreño Busta, after Holger Rune had that fantastic run at Roland Garros, does Carreño Busta have that veteran savvy to get through him, man? Well, he's one of the Carino Busta, along with uh, Batista Guter, are, are the guys where we automatically assume because they're from Spain and have three names that they're better on clay. <laughs> Not exactly the case with these guys. They like it when they get a little help hitting the ball a little bit flatter through the court. Uh, Carino Busta never going to beat himself, but gets a little help on the first ever. Is able to redirect. You see him coming in, looks very, very solid at the net, shows the hands there. He's someone who can be very effective on the surface, is going to leave no stern on, stone unturned as far as how to go about the strategy of the surface. And when you take someone who is a veteran against someone like Arun, who's had success, but is now going into a surface that isn't easily adaptable, uh, maybe compared to what he's used to on the clay, no surprises here with Karenia Busta moving on. Karenia Busta now 2-0 and in his career against Rune. This one an hour and 47 on the court, but he gets the job done and will move forward. Simona Halla, 2019 Wimbledon, a huge moment, claiming her second Grand Slam. Still trying to get back to that moment, back to that mountaintop at the peak level of an event. But just how about getting back on the grass court in general? First time for her in Birmingham, getting back on the grass court since winning that 2019 Wimbledon title. And boy, Andy, did she really look comfortable once again on the surface. Yeah, and we don't really know where Halep's at because she's looked really good in some first and second row matches, but then has been taking kind of maybe weird losses that are unexpected after we thought she'd established a little bit of form. But being on the grass uh, has to feel like she's got a tailwind behind her on the heels of that 2019 Wimbledon final where she beat someone named Serena Williams 2-2 two and two on grass. Uh, you know, so Halep has to be... Uh, getting on in her career a little bit, has to like the opportunity to maybe shorten the points early on in her career, probably favor the clay. This has to feel like a real opportunity where she can hit through the court a little bit more, get a little bit more help, get some help on a serve, but also she's able to bear down and flatten out those returns a little bit, shows the hands. Uh, so I like what I saw today with Halep. One points in a lot of different ways, really showed that she understands the nuance of grass. And you see her reaction. She wasn't here for just another win. She was pumped to be back on this surface. Pumped without a doubt an hour and 18 minutes later. We heard from Simona Halep after a big win back on the grass. Today I'm really happy with the way I came back after that medical. I was playing well, uh, one free, free all, so uh, it cut my rhythm a little bit, but I'm really pleased with the victory. Uh, it's been three years since I played my last match on grass. I missed it, uh, and I'm really happy that I could win the match. It's really important for me. So Simona Halep has now united with Patrick Maradoglu, and this is a partnership that we were intrigued to see just what he could do for her. Because, look, she's still a champion. She's already a two-time Grand Slam champion. The margins are only so much. The fitness is obviously the question mark with the injury history. How have you seen that partnership already reacting between the two of them? Well, one thing that really stood out to me there was her reaction. That's a first-round match. Simona Halep never shows that much emotion. She's down, pumping. So we saw some good signs at the French coming in. Unfortunately, she had a little bit of an anxiety issue that kind of slowed her down in that match. But to me, she's playing more aggressive. And as Andy pointed out, it'll be interesting to me to see how she really impacts that on the grass. Because I think with her game style, with her movement, the ability to try to shorten points a little bit, I think with somebody else in her ear, just kind of seeing her game from a different lens, I think she's going to do big things at Wimbledon. Hmm. 
Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, with 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 someone like a Halep, we always get caught up in the power of grass, right? We're it's like we're still stuck in 1985, where the person with the biggest serve is going to win. That's not the case in modern day grass court tennis. You can hit a big ball. That's additive. But people like Halep, we saw Leighton Hewitt do it do it forever. There have been people who have come through who switching directions is as valuable as hitting a big, thick ball. And if you can combine the movement, which she obviously has, with the ability to switch directions and maybe step inside the court a little bit more and cut those angles off like Mark Knowles was talking about, this is a good surface for her, not just because she's a Wimbledon champion and figured out, but later on in her career, getting those little kind of tactical wins is a big deal for Simona Halep. So I hope she can get some matches in this week and listen she needs to be able to defend that title that she won in 2019 i hope the all england club and i suspect they'll do her the propers by putting her on that center court maybe not the first match out on the first day but on her on her first day in the tournament without a doubt it's just great to see her back on the grass great to see her playing energized tennis as nolsey said and we will look forward to what she can bring to the All England Club in a couple of weeks. Still more highlights to get through four different cities. We've already been through three. A lot to go through. Plus, it's at the end of an era. The big three. A lot happening towards the top of the rankings. We'll explain that to you and much more next on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe. More than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. MakeTennis.com, your online information source throughout Tennis Channel's London Calling. Stay current with live matches, scoring, and stats, draws, rankings, plus all the latest player and grass court tournament news leading up to Wimbledon. And it's Tennis.com today. Very excited for this grass court season and last year's Wimbledon runner-up. Certainly excited. Carolina Pliskova preparing for a precipitous drop in the rankings as she plays her tune-up for the 2022 championships. That and more straight ahead. Welcome back to TC Live. We go over to Halle, where Mackie McDonald was in action trying to get the Americans on the board on the day. Mark Andrea Heisler on the other side of the net. Andy and Mackie McDonald doing his job. Yeah, Mackie actually did play pretty well on grass. He's pretty light on his feet, can flatten out the ball, can switch directions, returns pretty well, and will get a little help uh, on his serve. I like what I saw from him today. Uh, was pretty aggressive from the baseline. You see, even his rally balls were kind of staying low and getting through the court, was able to pin uh, his opponent back. And listen, Mackey's an ultimate uh, professional. You know, he's always going to stay there uh, and compete. I like the way he switched directions uh, on the grass, as we discussed in a previous segment. That is so important. And right there, you see him, if he can hit the corners with his serve consistently and set up that first strike, might be able to have a little, little bit of success this season. See, Noah, does, Andy doesn't realize that at Pauley Pavilion, it actually turns into a grass court during the tennis season. So McDonald's got a lot of grass court practice. It's a fair point, and only seven on four stairs for McDonald in the win. All right, Nolsey, Bianca Andrescu over in Berlin taking on Sinyakova. This one was an interesting back and forth affair all the way. Yeah, this was actually a great match. Andrescu played very well. She was actually aggressive throughout. That's what I like to see. But Sinyakova's tough. Obviously, she's had so much double success, plays with a lot of confidence. But Andrescu was very aggressive. We always see her use the drop shot so effectively. Nice touch there to close out the first set. And then we ended up in a third set after Sinyakova closed out that second set. 
Very aggressive return there, which we see often from Andrescu. Gets up, 5-4, match point. And how about the sneak attack there? I love that play from Andrescu. So, some nice aggressive play from the Canadian. Only the second career tour-level grass court win for Andrescu. It took two hours and 16 minutes, but BB gets through in a big way. Carolina Pliskova, last year's runner-up at Wimbledon, is going to drop 1,300 points when the Wimbledon coins come off. But got started here in Berlin against Kaya Kanepi and really struggled in the first set. And this is a tough draw, right? We know Kaya Kanepi. She's such a tough out, especially at the majors. And Kanepi was aggressive early, won that first set. But Pliskova really steadied herself in the second. Good movement, nice passing shot there, and got off to a nice lead in the second set. And forced us into a third set. And weren't really sure what was going to happen, but Pliskova showing tremendous movement there, secures the double break, goes up three love and was in a commanding position and then serves her 17th ace to seal the deal. Yeah, the serve was the key, the double bagels to finish it, and a big win for Pliskova as we head over to the social net, continue moving with these fantastic tournaments throughout the week. But we go back to yesterday real quickly, a wild card, Tim Van Reithoven. This was a huge win, Mark Knowles, a, a massive win over Daniil Medvedev. It was awesome to watch it live, and he really enjoyed the moment as well. I mean, this is just incredible. What a week. He had no match wins on the ATB Tour coming in this week. I mean, Andy, I'm curious to your opinion because we were both on tour. I know for myself, I was a lower-ranked guy. I find this unbelievable. I don't know how you have the confidence to come in, win an event, and then you beat the number two player in the player in the world who's now the number one player in the world you beat him in straight sets it's incredible yeah in straight sets it wasn't like it was six and six like four <laughs> and one that's a lot that's a lot of breaks and by the way i beat faa in the semis and by the way i beat taylor fritz earlier in the tournament and by the way i hadn't been in an atp event in over six years all of that leads to obviously he's going to win the title right Noah. <laughs> i mean listen andy this, this is a legitimate question if you're Wimbledon, do you give this dude a wild card? Or do you consider it after what he just did? He's skyrocketing up the rankings at the moment. The people that deserve direct, the people that deserve entry into Wimbledon are the people that have earned the right to play in Wimbledon by ranking only. Uh, I don't I don't see how you give him a Wimbledon wild card. Uh, it's not as if you're you know, the Goron where you're 120 in the world and you've been a three-time finalist. There's no history uh, with the tournament, but... Heck, man, I'd like to see this guy qualify and give someone a headache first round. Yeah, he's automatically into qualities, and it'll be interesting to see if Reithoven can continue what he did this past week. Absolutely scintillating stuff. We move on. This one, ah, unbelievable. When you really think about it, take the step back to think about it. First time since 2003 that two of the top three have not been in the big three. The top two, I should say, have not been in the big three. This is incredible because when you really look at it, obviously Medvedev and Zverev have now overtaken those top two spots. Novak Djokovic is going to drop down all the way to seven with the Wimbledon points coming off. It's incredible when you really think about who was in the top three the last time the big three were not inside the top two. Let's compare and contrast, huh? Andy Roddick was number nice. one in the world. J.C. Ferreira was number two. Then some guy named Roger Federer was number three. All right, Andy, so when we go back and you think about November of 2003, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I mean, I see Federer on that list. I mean, that guy never really amounted to anything, thankfully. Um, but uh, listen, this, this is a little, I get the stats, and what we're doing is proving, again, the greatness of, of the big three, right? And for such an extended period of time. But I don't know that we can say it's a complete change in the guard. 
Uh, just because number three on four, three and four on the list on the left, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, uh, they've won what six out of the last seven slams, five out of the last six slams. They're not going away. It's just a matter of reps. Obviously, unprecedented circumstance with Novak not being able to play in Australia this year. Uh, Rafa's won uh, two slams to start the year. I'm pretty sure he would trade those for a number two next to his ranking name. Uh, but listen, props to these guys because you do not get to those spots. Uh, in the rankings by accident. Medvedev obviously winning uh, the U.S. Open last year. And, uh, you know, because no one's getting points, that actually extends his lead uh, over Novak Djokovic. So uh, he's not allowed to play in Wimbledon, but from a rankings perspective, he's going to come out ahead. Yeah, and Andy brings up a really good point, right? The lack of reps. Uh, Nadal only has 10 events on his record. Djokovic only has 12, right? Djokovic obviously with the COVID issues, Nadal with the injury issues. But when they play, they play very well. The thing that's actually very interesting for me on the rankings, I'm not removing the big three. But the top two players in the world are six foot six. Mm. That's unbelievable. Wow. The average height of the top ten is six foot three. I'm curious to know Andy's opinion. You know, will we go back to like the 5'11", 6'6", 1 guy, or now are we seeing are we seeing a, a complete change? Right. Diego Schwarzman was the well, only thing holding down that top 10 average height for a while. Yeah, and he's doing his part for sure. With that. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the difference is that you know, when I first started out on tour, you had, I'm trying to think of guys, like you had like a Mark Rosset, right, who was a great player, served big, could get hot, but largely was a mannequin when extended in the court, right? Like when you got him to move, that that wasn't in something that was wasn't something he that he wanted to do. And you look at Medvedev and Zverev, and the way that they're able to to, to cover the court, they can match the advantages of that five eleven uh, hypothetical guy that Mark Knowles is talking talking about. I always when 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 we're analyzing Medvedev, I say his point structure. Now he's changed a little bit because he's gotten a little bit more aggressive on that forehand side. But the way that he develops points, right, keeping that backhand down, he's not scared to feed the middle. He's, he'll stay in a rally until the other guy breaks it. It's very similar to, to Leighton Hewitt, right? Maybe moves a shade less than Leighton Hewitt, but also he serves 135. This is an absolute new breed, and I think it's a great point that Mark makes. We would not have thought that two guys six foot six would be one, two in the world. Uh, but also be able to move as well as anyone else on on, on tour. Medvedev is a is a joke. He looks like a baby giraffe, but he moves like <laughs> like, uh, like the like like the best movers in history. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a gazelle, and as a vertically challenged man myself, I'm ending this conversation because we go any further, and I'm only going to feel worse. We go to our Tennis Channel Tuesday schedule starting at 5 a.m. in Berlin, all the way until TC Live and Encore coverage. We hope you stay with us for more on the other side. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to TC Live. Our hot shot of the day comes courtesy of Pablo Carreño Busta. Andy, awesome stuff for usual. Yeah, the biggest thing, see that switch of direction when he runs forward there? And then he's able to run through the shot. He did not stop. When he went for that drop shot, he realized he had to keep going. 
Didn't want to risk a slip right there to be able to switch directions and run straight to the spot. That's the type of movement that you have to have on the grass court right here. There's no split step. He just continues the movement and is able to kind of do stick save and a beauty. Weissman would be mad at me for saying that because I say it almost every highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Pablo Carreño Busta certainly feeling that today with the victory. We look at Tuesday's featured matches. A couple Americans in action, including Marcos Giron starting it off. But how about Francis Tiafo and Stan Vavrinka? Dan Evans, Matteo Berrettini, also a fantastic match. Nick Kyrgios getting on that grass court as well. But Nolsey, I want to talk about that Tiafo and Vavrinka match. Tiafo really rising up the rankings, part of that American resurgence now towards the top of the, the men's side of things. How do you think he fares against a lowly veteran, a guy who's won multiple slams? Friends today, but enemies tomorrow. They were on the doubles court together today, and it didn't go so well for them. So they'll be going up against each other tomorrow. But Tiafo is one of those guys, when we were talking about the Americans, I think he can play well on the grass. I really do. He moves well. He's had Wayne Ferrer in his corner for a couple of months now, and I think he's allowed him a better transition game to move forward. So I like Tiafo in that match. Mm. Yeah, and if I'm Stan Wawrinka and I'm going in this matchup, I'm saying I have to land those big blows that Stan is so famous for to that forehand, right? Francis's back end is going to be rock solid on the grass, kind of has that lower ball flight where the trajectory is a little bit flatter through the court. It actually mixes up the slice really well. But that forehand, when he has time, that kind of like hitch take back is fine. When he gets rushed to that side on a faster court, specifically a grass court, could be a bit of a challenge. That's what I'm going to look for early is Stan taking that ball and kind of opening up the shoulders of that side of the court. Also, Francis's second serve could be a bit of a liability on the surface. Guys that can protect their second serve play well on grass. Curious to see if he mixes it up, tries to go for more on the second serve, maybe run some into the body. Uh, Stan Morinka, when he's extended, is a little bit of a better returner. Curious to see if he'll make that adjustment on the second serve and try to maybe get, make, make Stan play with T-Rex arms a little bit. <laughs> no wonder he played so well on all surfaces, right? How about that breakdown there from Andy Roddick? That was incredible. Thanks, uh, Andy. Not, not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Big day today, though. Opening day, Halle and Queens, but it's my wife's birthday today. Oh. I'd like to wish her a happy birthday, my, my wife Dawn. So happy birthday, Dawn. Oh, fantastic stuff. <laughs> and this is what we do on TC Live. We spread the love, right? Right, Noel? You've got to save the marriage. You've got to save the marriage. Right? <laughs> That's all you can ask for. <laughs> Appreciate everybody for joining us today. A fantastic week has kicked off, and we will continue throughout the week with four fantastic tournaments. Thanks for joining us on TC Live. For Mark Knowles, for Andy Roddick, our entire crew, we appreciate it. We say so long. No Eagle. Talk to you again as Tuesday matches continue, 5 a.m. Eastern. Appreciate it.